If you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to assume that you have at least a modest amount of ambition. I'm going to assume you have goals and that you're working hard to achieve those goals. Now, those goals might look different than mine and perhaps even different than some of your friends and colleagues, but I'm going to assume you have them. You have goals. The problem is, though, so many ambitious people have goals but don't have a clear strategy in place to achieve those goals. In this week's episode, I want to talk all about process, progress, and the five secrets to productivity. Stick around. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who can see when shown, and those who will never see. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for everyone in the middle. Hey everyone, welcome back. My name is Chip Close and of course this is Restaurant Strategy, a weekly marketing podcast dedicated entirely to the restaurant industry. Each week I choose a different topic, we explore that topic, we pick it apart, hopefully we come across some useful insights and then we always finish up with an assignment. I leave you with a short actionable task, something you can do right away to start implementing the concepts we talk about here on the show because I believe information is only as valuable as the action it inspires. Now, For thousands of years, people have written about the relationship between creativity and routine. But I think just over the past decade or so, that conversation has been reignited. Uh, We've got books like The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, uh, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, Grit by Angela Duckworth, Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull, Originals by Adam Grant, and probably my favorite of the canon, uh, The Creative Habit by award-winning choreographer Twyla Tharp. Uh, I'm just looking over my bookshelf now and, and naming these books. I've got, I've got many, many more that we'll get to in time. Uh, but those, uh, those have really inspired me. Um, creativity is a subject that I find endlessly fascinating. And so I end up reading a lot about the topic. Um, now, all of those books I'm going to link to in the show notes, even if you just pick one or two to get started with, um, I think you're going to find a lot of information uh, that's that's easy to put into practice. Uh, probably start with the creative habit and then pick one others. Uh, maybe Grit by Angela Duckworth or, or Originals by Adam Grant. Um, uh, very tactical, very easy to, to put some of the ideas into practice. Um, but all of them are worth reading. So when we talk about creativity, there's this impression people get that creatives wait for lightning to strike, and then we all scribble down the idea. We, we write a poem, paint the painting, uh, build the new menu. But in my experience, nothing could be further from the truth. In reality, I believe creativity is something that's cultivated. It's a quality that gets instilled in us or wiped from us at a very young age. Uh, My parents worked hard to cultivate that artistic spirit in me and my brothers, and it's not about creating little Mozarts. Instead, I think it's about getting kids to think deeply about problems, because creativity is really just about problem solving, staring at a blank canvas and seeing the possibilities. The same is true in business. Creativity is the thing that helps us solve problems. And so I believe we have to find ways to cultivate that in ourselves and in our staff. I think we have to be deliberate about it. And I think it starts with living deliberately, taking the time every so often to assess things. Now, for me, that happens at the end of the year. Instead of New Year's resolutions, each year I take the week between Christmas and New Year's to reflect on the year and consider what I want out of the next year. I think about what went right, 
what went wrong, uh, what about my life is working, what is not working, where is the stress in my life, uh, is it good stress or bad stress, what do I want less of in the year to come, and what do I want more of? And I write down my answers, and then I use those answers to think about the year to come. I think about what I want to accomplish in the year to come, and I write down specific answers thinking carefully about accountability. So an example of this is uh, I want to rewrite one of the plays I've been working on. So I don't write down, I want a producer to workshop my piece. That's largely out of my control. Instead, I write down, I'm going to rework Act 1 by this date and Act 2 by this date. I'll hold a small private reading by this date and then send it to at least 10 producers. So really, I want to get the play produced, but I hold myself accountable for the things that I can be responsible for. Everything else is really out of my hands. And I think big. By deciding what's important in your life, you're effectively deciding where you will put your time, what things you're going to focus on. And that's what I mean by living deliberately. Now, the biggest issue I think most people have these days is the busy trap. So think about it. Nowadays, when you meet up with an old friend, the first thing they ask us is, how have you been? And the answer more often than not always seems to be, oh, I've been busy but you don't have to let yourself get trapped. And in this episode, we're gonna talk about how to get out of it, how to get out of the busy trap. So first, we're gonna talk about the big picture. I want you to answer the following questions as honestly as possible. What does success look like in your life? What does success look like in your business? If you didn't have to work anymore, meaning you no longer needed to worry about money, what would you do with your days? What are three things in your life that you wish you could get rid of? So maybe that's doing inventory once a month, or you wish you could uh, get out of uh, firing employees, or you don't want to prepare your taxes anymore, or you don't want to have to drive your kids to school every morning, or, or whatever it is. Think about it. What are the three things in your life that you wish you could get rid of? Then I want you to think about what are the three skills you wish you could learn? whether that's for your business or to improve your relationships or your golf swing or whatever. What are the three things you wish you could learn? Now, write down one thing that's going really well and then name one thing that's really missing from your life. So now you have a page of answers. Do any of those answers surprise you? Some people out there, I think, think about this stuff a lot, but plenty of others hardly take the time at all. And I think that's a big part of the busy trap. You get on a track and you hardly deviate until it's too late. A big part of living deliberately is taking the time to be honest with yourself about how things are going. The only way you can do that is by taking the time to assess. So most of us, I think, that are part of this restaurant strategy community run our own businesses. And yet I'm sure plenty of you out there aren't completely satisfied with where you are with your business. The first step is about identifying those things that are working, the things that have you headed in the right direction. And the next step is to identify the areas that aren't there yet. Now, the title of this episode is Process, Progress, and Secrets to Productivity. So let's get to it. The first secret of productivity is this. To make progress, we have to first assess the situation and find ways to be deliberate with how we spend our time. So if we're going to make the shift to start living deliberately, we begin by looking at our lives, seeing how we spend most of our days, the reality of what our lives are. And that's the next piece to this. We all get the same 24 hours in a day. You, me, Bill Gates, LeBron James, Thomas Keller, all of us. 
And then let's say we sleep for eight hours. I know none of us do, but we should. So that leaves us with roughly 16 hours in a day. And I want you to think about the last day you worked. Maybe that was yesterday or it was last Saturday or take today if that's easier. And I want you to block out your entire day and figure out exactly how you spent each of your 24 hours. No one is ever going to see this. It's just for you. So be honest. Once you've done the exercise, I want you to sit back and assess what you see. Are you surprised here by what you wrote down? How much time was spent doing meaningful work, doing things you love? How much time was spent on mindless tasks, either busy work or just watching crap on TV or scrolling through social media? I think if you're like most people, you spent way more time than you thought on the meaningless tasks. So then the next question is, what do you wish you could have done with that time? Write that down. To turn this exercise around and think about it another way, I want you to answer one more question. Did you learn anything new on this particular day? I think this is the key to leading a balanced, more productive life. Most of us are goal-oriented, meaning we set out to complete a task and we either finish it or we don't. We succeed or we fail. We land the account or we don't. But part of leading a productive life is being able to learn and grow even when we fail. This is how we become process-oriented. So a personal story then to illustrate my point. I've been shooting food and portraits for about 10 years, but recently I wanted to try my hand at shooting actor headshots. I know a bunch of actors. I've got one foot in the entertainment industry, and I thought I could be pretty good at it. Um, I thought I could charge a reasonable rate and uh, provide a lot of value for actors, um, which is something that I know they're sensitive to. So uh, I thought, okay, how do I, um, how do I start shooting actor headshots? Well, I can't just, you know, make an announcement and start doing it. I knew I was going to screw some things up. I knew I needed to build a portfolio. So, um, so this is what I did. I went online, I went onto Facebook and said, I'm going to give away six free headshot sessions. The first six people that get back to me get free sessions. Well, as you can imagine, those sessions got snatched up in, in about a half an hour. Well, then I sat back because I started getting more responses and I just thought, you know what? I'll do six more sessions and just charge $100. So I wrote back to the next bunch of people and I said, well, the six free sessions are gone, but I'm going to offer another six sessions for just $100. Would you like to do it for $100? And all of them said, yeah, I would love to do that. So now I had 12 sessions on the calendar, uh, six of them free and six where I was just charging $100. And I just thought, okay, great. So at the end of this, I wrote down what I wanted to accomplish. So at the end of this, maybe I was going to say, yeah, I could be a headshot photographer. I could do this and, and, and make some money doing it. Or maybe not. But what I wanted to do was come up with a series of things that I would learn along the way that even if I failed at becoming a headshot photographer, I would have learned certain um, certain tasks. I would learn certain uh, skills. So I came up with three of them. The first one is I'm going to make a lot of mistakes and I'm going to figure out the best way to shoot headshots. The second thing I wanted to accomplish was to build a, a good portfolio of work. And then the third thing was that hopefully through these 12 people, they would be so in love with the work that I delivered to them um, that I would get a little bit of the network effect, that they would then be so excited that they would tell their friends and their colleagues and the other actors they knew where people would say, oh my God, I love your new headshot. Who shot it? And then that would drive business back to me. So my goal was to become a headshot photographer. But even if I didn't succeed at that, I came up with three skills, three things that I would succeed at even if I failed at my main goal. 
Number one, I wanted to make a lot of mistakes and learn as I went. Number two, I wanted to put together a portfolio of headshot work. And number three, I wanted to build out my network. And that's what I mean by being process oriented. If I could achieve those three things, I would have succeeded even in light of failure. So at the very least, my time wasn't wasted because now I've done all 12 of those sessions and I achieved all those three things. So that's the second secret of productivity. Make sure you're growing even in failure. Make sure you're accomplishing things even if you don't achieve the overall goal that you set out to achieve. So the next time you set out a new marketing objective, make sure you set clear goals for the task, right? Like we want to boost our reservation book on Monday nights by at least 20%. In order to achieve that goal, we're going to kick off a craft beer night every Monday night. We're gonna feature some of the local craft brewers and let our patrons know about the events by sending out a series of e-blasts. So you're gonna be specific about what the overall goal is. We wanna boost our reservation book by 20%. And then you're gonna be specific about what you're going to do to achieve that. Right? We're going to uh, organize a craft beer night. We're going to send out e-blasts, etc. And then you're going to figure out ways to measure your success or your failure. But then I also want you to identify three or four process-oriented goals. So even if we fail at boosting our book by 20% on Monday nights, we will have built relationships with some of the local craft brewers. We will also have learned more about email marketing. We will have succeeded in broadening the kind of programming we offer at this restaurant. So that's how you succeed even if you fail. You make progress by trying new things, by measuring the results, and then using that information to inform future objectives. So in all things, find a balance between being goals-oriented and being process-oriented. Real progress is made when you're learning on both sides. Now, the third secret to productivity is to get organized. As I said at the top of the show, every year I sit down to assess the year that passed and set goals for the year ahead. And once I set my goals, I try to break them down into more actionable tasks and I give myself deadlines throughout the year. So usually I break them down quarterly and then every Sunday night I look at the week ahead and I figure out what I need to accomplish on which days. Then every night before I go to bed, I lay out my to-do list for the following day, which saves me precious time and energy the following day. I sit down at my desk, I open up my book, and I get down to work on the first task that I've written down. I don't have to waste time thinking about which task I think is going to be more important. I've already prioritized the night before. So please get yourself organized. Now to that point, the fourth secret of productivity is routine. Now Liz Gilbert, the uh, best-selling author of Eat, Pray, Love and uh, Big Magic, among other things, talks about the muse in her TED Talk. She talks about how she believes creativity and ideas come from somewhere outside the body and that she is merely the conduit. The problem, though, she says, is that she never knows when the muse will show up, so she has to show up every day. It's as if she's telling the muse, this is where I'm going to be, right here at my computer, writing every day from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. If you want me, you know where to find me. You show up day after day after day because you don't know when the muse will arrive. Now, I may not buy into all of that, but I still kind of love it. For me, I, I look at things just a bit differently. So creativity is about solving problems. I show up day after day after day because the problem is hard and it will take a long time to solve. I often have to try all the wrong doors before I can figure out the right door. 
it's the idea that Twyla Tharp writes about in her book, The Creative Habit. This is one of the books that I recommended uh, also at the very top. She does the same thing every day so she doesn't have to waste energy thinking about what she wants to do. That's one puzzle that takes precious brain power from the really hard problems, the really interesting problems that she really should be solving. So she always gets up, she has breakfast, she goes right to the gym. She comes home, she showers, and she goes right to the studio and she starts working. At the end of her day, she answers emails. That's her routine every single day. And I would urge you to set a routine for yourself and stick to it. Scientists have shown that it takes an average of 66 days for routine to stick. So that's more than two months. And so it will take real dedication on your part, but I promise the world will be better for you on the other side. So start by looking at your daily and weekly schedule and start setting a routine. Wake up at the same time, go to bed at the same time. Set a morning routine and it doesn't have to be all earth crunchy and woo woo, just make sure it works for you. For example, here's my morning routine. It looks pretty much the same every day. I'm up at 6.30 a.m. to get my son ready for school. I get him up and dressed and fed. I drop him off and then I go for a run. Then I come home, shower, eat breakfast. I do 20 minutes of Rosetta Stone. Uh, I'm ready for work by about 9.30. And sometimes that means I head to my office. Uh, Other days I uh, am heading to a shoot. Either way, my day has structure. So figure out a morning routine that will set your day up right. What time do you get to work? Can you organize your day to allow yourself some creative time? Maybe that's menu development or brainstorming time for for marketing ideas or or maybe it's a set marketing meeting. Can you build problem solving into your day? What time do you leave work? What's your post-work routine? What's missing from your day and how can you make time for it? And you see, that's the fifth and final secret to productivity. You don't find the time, you make the time. It is easy to get caught in the busy trap, but then weeks, months, years will slip away without realizing it, and life is too short. So if there's something you want to achieve, you need to be deliberate and make the time for it. Now, in the first exercise today, we started by identifying the things that matter in our lives. After that, we looked at a typical day and identified the times we were doing work that matters, uh, times that, uh, that bring us joy and, and satisfaction. And then we uh, identified the times where we were just stumbling through, wasting time. We want more of the first and less of the second. And the only way to get that is to be deliberate about how we move through the world, how we move through the day. As promised, I shared with you five secrets for productivity. They were, number one, We have to assess our lives and be deliberate in how we spend our time. Number two, you have to be process-oriented. Make sure you're learning things even while you're uh, striving to achieve your overall goals. Number three, get organized. Number four, build a routine. And number five, you don't find the time, you make the time. These are lessons that can certainly be applied to any part of our lives, but I find especially in restaurants, it's easy to spend every single moment of every single day just putting out fires, right? Just handling the management, the day-to-day, the, the just overseeing. And perhaps that's still how you're going to spend a chunk of your day or most of your day. And perhaps in restaurants, it's unavoidable, but it shouldn't be all of your day. Just a few minutes ago when I shared my morning routine, I said I spend about 20 minutes every day doing Rosetta Stone. Uh, But you should know that that's new for me and it ties into a bigger story. So at the end of 2018, like I said, I I sit down and I I look at the entire year um, that just passed and I look at the year ahead and I say, what went well in my life and and what am I missing? 
And what do I want more of in the year to come? And and one real big epiphany, um, I felt like I was saying it year after year after year, and I finally decided to do something about it uh, because one epiphany I had is that uh, that travel is something that's really missing from my life. And I kept waiting for a time when when I was going to be made right then when it was going to when I was going to be set when you know financial freedom finally hit. Uh, and at the end of 2018, I said, well, okay, that might never happen. So I have to make it a priority. I have to be deliberate about it. I have to spend time uh, figuring out how I'm going to put that money aside to be able to travel. And so uh, at the end of 2018, I said, every year we're going to travel. We're going to go to a different country and, and I, I want to start seeing the world. And my son now is four and I want him to be able to see the world. It was something that I never really had growing up. We, we didn't travel all that much, um, but it's something that I really want for my son. And so I made it a priority. I budgeted for it. I've set money aside. And then in April, we booked a trip to go to Paris. I've never been to Paris before. Uh, so uh, I'm going along with my wife and my son at the end of the year. And I can't wait. So Rosetta Stone every morning is me sitting down trying to learn French a little bit at a time. Not that I'm going to be fluent in it by the time we get there, but hopefully I can learn enough to help us navigate around the city. Um, But that's a new piece of my morning. And it was time that I didn't have. I made the time. I I wake up just a little bit earlier. I I cut my workout just a little bit shorter or I I start my work day just a little bit later. Um, But I've made it a priority and so I carve it into my day every single day. Now, today's episode is all about process, progress, and the secrets to productivity. Today's assignment is to go back and do the exercises that I laid out in this episode. You may have to go back and listen again. That's fine. Go back and listen again. It's not a particularly long episode. Just make sure to do the exercises. As for the continuing education, like I said at the very top, I've shared all the links to the books I mentioned. Uh, All of them are terrific, and I want you to just pick one or two and get started with that. I promise you're going to get something out of it. Again, those books were The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, Grit by Angela Duckworth, Creativity Inc. by Ed Catmull, Originals by Adam Grant, and The Creative Habit by Twyla Tharp. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Go ahead and get one of the books. As always, I want to thank you for tuning in. Please keep spreading the word. Please keep coming back. I know this has been a bit of a departure away from the marketing work, but hopefully you see how creativity and and routines and habit, how all of that feeds directly into solving interesting problems. It's a marketing problem. Creativity is about solving problems. I hope you got something out of it this week. Uh, Thanks again, and I will see you next time.